keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you're listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share intimate details in an effort to help everyone lead better laid lives. And my guest today, I am so excited to introduce to you. You guys have heard me spout some astrology. I can't help myself sometimes. Today, I have the wonderful human responsible for teaching me really how to be a better person in so many ways. Help me welcome Heidi Rose Robbins. Yay. Hello. Yay. We're so glad to be here. <laughs> um, let's, can you give our listeners a little bit of a snapshot about you? Well, yes. Um, I have been living in Los Angeles for like 20 years. I am, I was, I sort of, my background is all artistry and acting and that whole world. But for many, many years, I've been an astrologer. And I also lead uh, Radiant Life Retreats for the last 10 years as well. I love poetry. I, I love to perform poetry. So I've sort of made my life out of the things that I love. And I, I once, I think about five years ago, I said, I'm a, I'm a poet with the map of the heavens in my pocket. Oh, <laughs> and I should point out that our listeners probably have you to thank for this podcast existing at all. I produce Heidi's podcast, The Radiance Project, which is a podcast of astrology, poetry, and inspiration and very good company. And you should go check it out. And I got to watch you do that for a year, a little over a year, overlapping, yeah. leading up to me starting to do this. So I'm pretty sure that I never would have been brave enough to try to interview strangers if it weren't for watching you do it. Isn't someone. it hard to believe that Wyo wouldn't have been brave enough? Like, <laughs> but she, um, yeah, you were, you were, you watched and listened and you could, you could just feel the imminent show. Like you could feel that the show was coming. <laughs> and you have a very specific type of show. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. You're, I wouldn't call you shy. I would, I would call you absorbing quietly and then you come forward in a whole new way. But no, I mean, you and I really busted it out. Like Wyo and I, when we worked together, we really bust things out. And when I started the podcast in 2000. 17. Yeah. It was just two years ago. Yeah. yeah, we were like, okay, bring it on. Let's do it. And so we were, we, we did four guests a week or something like that. I mean, we weren't doing that many shows, but, um, and we were recording a lot. And yeah, yeah, a ton. And so I learned a lot. And yeah. So here you are with a podcast now for you. I asked Heidi to be here today to talk about sex and the stars, I guess we might say. Um, I want to run through some astrological stuff and Heidi is also a genius at picking out poems so we have some or Heidi picked out some poems for us to read that are very sexy so I wanted to start with uh my favorite sexy poem that was the first poem that I got at the first retreat I went on with Heidi and actually at this retreat the uh, like 10 of the other women and I were in the hot tub on the final night and we were like so what are the sexiest moments we've experienced? And we went around and shared these stories. And it was a week later that I met my former master. Oh and so God. I remember after I met him, I was like, oh, my God, if only I could be in the hot tub to share these stories. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's just that's funny to reflect right. on that. So Heidi does a thing where sometimes all the poems will be spread out face down on the floor. And you have to go pick the one that calls to you. And then you get a partner and you read it to each other. And so the poem that I read was called... 
What Do Women Want by Kim Adonizio. Is that how you say Yeah, it? yeah. So this is one of my, this is maybe my favorite poem. I don't know if I have favorites. I don't usually have favorites because, you know, I am polyamorous and I guess non-monogamous. I love a lot of things. <laughs> Polypoetic. Polypoetic. <laughs> I want a red dress. I want it flimsy and cheap. I want it too tight. I want to wear it until someone tears it off me. I want it sleeveless and backless, this dress, so no one has to guess what's underneath. I want to walk down the street past thrifties and the hardware store with all those keys glittering in the window, past Mr. and Mrs. Wong selling day-old donuts in their cafe, past the Guerra brothers slinging pigs from the truck and onto the dolly, hoisting the slick snouts over their shoulders. I want to walk like I'm the only woman on earth that I can have my pick. I want that red dress bad. I want it to confirm your worst fears about me, to show you how little I care about you or anything except what I want. When I find it, I'll pull that garment from its hanger like I'm choosing a body to carry me into this world, through the birth cries and the love cries too, and I'll wear it like bones, like skin. It'll be the goddamn dress they bury me in. <laughs> So, so before good. I was naked all the time in public, I was obsessed with red dresses and picking that poem. And I specifically spent a long time searching for a flowy red dress to take with me to South America because I had this vision of twirling in, you know, like a spaghetti strap, but very twirly dress. And I never found it. And so I'm still searching for that dress. But at that retreat, another woman happened to have one of those infinity dresses that was long and twirly, but it wasn't as heavy as most of them. And so anyway, that poem feels like magic to me. And I will say that one piece is, I could never show anybody how little I care about them because I care about people too much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have Mars and Cancer in the seventh house. Will you explain what that well, means? <laughs> but sometimes you're a badass and you don't, you know, you also don't have to. Fawn, you know, you don't, well, I don't feel like a yeah. badass. I'm a bit of a fawn. I don't know. Mars and Cancer. Mars and Cancer in the seventh house is the seventh house in the chart is very much about relationships. So if you have any planets there, it has a lot to do with your romantic relationships. And Mars is the warrior and the assertive planet, but you assert with a cancer energy, which is like, let me feed you, let me nourish you, let me take care of you, let me make sure you're soft and cozy and comfortable, you know? Mm. So it's, it is very much attention on the other and the other's comfort and well-being. Do you think that's also why I could possibly be combative, though? Because I feel like that's like the nice version of Mars and Cancer in the seventh house. But I think I do also have this quality of like, yeah. alone. I'm making crab claws. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the more difficult version is reactive and specifically towards the partner, the romantic partner, and that it can lash out because it can store things up and then it like gets mm. stuffed and then it's like, it's enough. Yeah. And, and it can lash out. I will say I don't really store things up anymore. Now I'm like, okay, real time. Let's talk about this now. Here's what I'm observing. So, and that's the explicit communication that I'm working on practicing. So should we dive into... Or maybe you read a poem first, and then we'll dive in. Do you have another sure. poem you should read? Yeah. Um, actually, it's another. I, Camp, Kim Adonisio, or Adonisio, is a wonderful, wonderful poet, and I would highly recommend her. And, you know, so many times I've had people come to the retreats and be like, oh, my God, I don't like poetry. I had to learn, you know, I hate it in high school. And the fact is, like, you haven't been exposed to the deliciousness of so many poems. And if poetry doesn't, like, just pierce you, if poetry doesn't, like get into your body and being, then 
it's not real poetry <laughs> or something. I don't know. That's not fair to say. That's not fair to say, but, but. It's not so, your poetry. Yes, exactly. You have to find yes. your own yes. poetry, just like you have to find your own yes. lovers. Yes. And so, but she's really raw and delicious. And this is another one of hers and it's called First Poem for You. I like to touch your tattoos in complete darkness when I can't see them. I'm sure of where they are, know by heart the neat lines of lightning pulsing just above your nipple, confined as if by instinct the blue swirls of water on your shoulder where a serpent twists facing a dragon. When I pull you to me, taking you until we're spent and quiet on the sheets, I love to kiss the pictures in your skin. They'll last until you're seared to ashes, Whatever persists or turns to pain between us, they will still be there. Such permanence is terrifying. So I touch them in the dark, but touch them trying. <laughs> I mean. Isn't that good? Oh <laughs> I love that idea of like, the, that the permanence is terrifying and that like just, just to touch them and be like trying to feel trying to believe that the permanence is possible or trying to not have the loss. And just, it's so, I don't know, I think it's a very sexy poem. It's very sexy and it reminds me so much of just the intimate feeling of being with someone in bed however long it lasts. Yeah. And it's just funny because Heidi has been forced to listen to my dating adventures in a way that maybe nobody else has. <laughs> it's because she's in my space. Like, hey, what's happening I love it. <laughs> And as I'm getting to know new people and trying to feel into them, there's always, I experience moments of like terror and delight because even just to touch a person like in that moment, it's like, that's the permanent moment of that moment. And like, for me, I don't have any tattoos because of the, I don't know, permanence, I guess. Right. And I don't know. It just makes me think about the way that you can observe a lover or experience a lover and, oh, yeah, I love that. I will say I also get a little bit offended when somebody wants to have sex with me totally in the dark. Ah. <laughs> I know some people prefer that. I'm a little bit more like, wait, can we? Don't you want to see wanna... all the Hello. abundance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the goodness? This is my feelings. Although, although I do get very uh, light sensitive sometimes. Do you find that that people do often want to have sex in the dark? I mean, like. Not all of them, but one of my lovers does like, like currently likes to turn off the lights. He keeps a little nightlight on, but I'm just like, hmm, I just clock it. I haven't said anything yet because I just am observing. Yeah, yeah. But. So I have been making some observations yes. just in talking to people who have come on this podcast and also just people in the world and also <laughs> looking up the charts of my lovers who consent and give me their birth info. I'm noticing in the kink world that people who tend to be kinky in a BDSM way have strong Virgo, Scorpio, and Capricorn, and then they're like, hints of Taurus in there as well. Like mm -hmm. I would say just in my, you know, not, not that those are the only things, but I'm looking. And when I, to those of you who aren't as familiar with astrology, 
we look at the sun sign, which is the personality sign, and that's kind of what you all know. Like, if you know your sign, that's your sun sign. So I'm a Taurus sun. You've also heard me talk about my Pisces moon and my Sag rising. And so your moon, well, Heidi can explain it better. No, you're doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah. (laughs) Your moon is like your past or where you come from or your, you know, the habits that you revert to at your crinkliest. And your rising sign is what you're here to call in in this lifetime. Your soul purpose is what we say. We we work in esoteric astrology because Heidi helps me grow my soul that way. <laughs> Be a better <laughs> yes. human. Truly, I'm so much nicer and more compassionate because of Heidi. Aww. Like I have this model of this compassionate human and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting way to do it. Okay, I can try that. <laughs> I love that. It's true. <laughs> well, you know, and also when you were talking about the moon in the past and the childhood, I, I do think also the moon is so connected to our bodies, you know, and mm. what is comforting or what feels good or what we know in our bodies. So it's obviously so connected to our sexuality. And then the rising sign is more, you know, more soul oriented, but the moon is really key, I think. That's a great point. Okay. So I, I've noticed, yeah, I guess Virgo rising are the kinky people that I'm looking at. Scorpio too, obviously. A lot of doms that I've met have Scorpio moons or Venus in Scorpio. Yeah, I would say, so Scorpio, absolutely, right? Scorpio rules sex and it rules power and it rules control. So you, you look at Scorpio, you look at, Aries, you look at Capricorn, Capricorn as well. Capricorn and Scorpio are the two signs of control. And so, you know, wanting to hold things and create a structure and, and then Scorpio wants to go as deep and dark and intense as it can go. Yeah. Um, The Virgo is interesting because Virgo, people who have strong Virgo, and again, you made a good point. It's not whether you're a Virgo or not. You might have a whole bunch of planets in Virgo and not even know about it. So don't freak out if, you know, you're like, I don't have any of those signs in my chart because you might, you might. Mm -hmm. Um, But Virgo is, yeah, it's sort of quietly steamy and quietly like, I love this particular thing. It's so specific. It is the the kinky thing. And and that's the specific, because like, a lot of people who are like sex lovers, they'll have Scorpio in there somewhere. And I have Pluto and Scorpio in the 11th house. So that is this sex podcast. Yes. Like I have death and transformation and healing. Like it's Pluto. Double dose of that because it's Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, and the going deep. But in the realm of the group and communication and technology and that. So that's like how my, but it's not necessarily like my sexual self but i do have a lot in the sixth house i don't know so maybe that's the part of me yeah what would my submissive part be oh i never moon, thought moon about and, it moon and pisces moon, moon and pisces, pisces. Okay. totally moon and pisces because pisces even rules bondage oh it does yes <laughs> <laughs> yes pisces rules oh, right like, like jails prison, prison. but it actually oh does like God. the fishes are bound yes. together until they're not you know so oh it absolutely God. rules i literally all had not made that connection yeah. until just now yeah uh, yeah it even you know it rules slave the slave slavery yeah. rules that whole kind of realm i mean that makes so much sense that is where i'm very comfortable yeah <laughs> it it's yeah i mean so you look to the it, when you say that's where i'm very comfortable yeah you look to the moon to go like that's where i'm comfortable so like i have moon in capricorn i'm way more comfortable with control and and mm-hmm. like and being in charge mm-hmm. right like i don't mm-hmm. want to relinquish control at least at least when i'm in my safe place yeah yeah. But of course, we all want to get out of our safe places and we want to move towards, uh, we, we all want to be safe. Well, let's let's yes. say that's true. Yes. But we also all want to grow. And so I would also say to you, it's interesting that you're Taurus and yet Scorpio is the sign opposite Taurus. Yes. So your growth point is Scorpio, actually. And I attract Scorpios yeah. like a 
Oh, yeah. Like like a magnet. Oh, yeah. You're always every, look at your own sun sign and look at the sign opposite it. And that is an energy of attraction. So Aries, Libra, Taurus, Scorpio, Gemini, Sagittarius, Cancer, Capricorn, Leo, uh, Aquarius, and Virgo, Pisces. Those are the oppositions. And just notice you're going to attract people of that opposite sign. And, you know, and, and actually part of your purpose in this life is a Scorpio purpose because it's, it's called the monadic point. It's Mm -hmm, another really mm -hmm. like evolved point where you're like, yeah, I'm here to do some Scorpio stuff. Yeah. Which is like, let's talk about sex and let's be clear about it. And your Sagittarius rising wants to be really clear and direct. (laughs) So clear. Yeah. So clear. Yeah. And I also think it's so funny because my experience of particularly of Scorpio suns is there is that like intensity in the darkness. And I'm like, I'm here. What do you want? Why are you being so serious? Like, yeah, you know, and so yeah. that always just kind of makes me giggle because I do, it's it's funny to me because I, I guess I'm bringing this up because there are so many different ways to engage sexually with the different personalities. And I think actually it might be fun to talk just a little bit and give us an overview of the different, like sex in yeah. the different signs or like where we might look in the chart or even what planets we might look to outside, outside of the realm of kink. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I would just say for fun in the realm of kink, it is interesting that Uranus is a planet that I would really call into that realm. And Uranus for mm. you is in your first house. It's like yeah. one of the most obvious placements. Uranus in Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have an interesting thing because you have Uranus and you have Saturn in the first house. So it, it, sometimes you let yourself completely go Uranian and sometimes you, you know, the Saturn <laughs> is much more... Um, rule following or something or, you know, more structured. Um, But always look to Uranus for the unconventional or for out of the box or for trying the new. And so if Uranus is highlighted in your chart in any way, like if it's on your ascendant, if it's conjunct your sun, if it's conjunct your moon, if it's in your seventh house of relationship, Mm. because if you look at a chart, guys, you can look, you know, you can see there's 12 different sections of the chart and each section is an area of your life. And so the seventh section or the seventh house is your house of relationship. And so if Uranus is there, it's often like, give me freedom, give me unconventionality, give me the new, give me a new pattern in the realm that I relate. That is so interesting. And that is resonating so hard with me because I'm like, I need my freedom. I I must be free, but I also would like to be a slave. I'd like to be a free slave. I'd like to have someone that can, uh, you know, dominate me and control me within, you know, within our set of boundaries, which any healthy kinky relationship will have. But I'm also just looking for, yeah, I guess it's like, I've been telling people as I'm getting to know new people that like my work is first, like this podcast, this work that I'm doing, that's my partner. That's my first thing. So that's hard because I'm just like, what Dom is going to be like, uh, yes, little slave, I'm happy to share you. And, uh, yeah. well, <laughs> I'm not packing. They're going to, you have to find them. That's like, yeah, <laughs> because, but that's, that's like, you're in the first. Yeah. Oh, because gosh. you also have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of control in your chart. You have a lot of authority in your chart and yeah. you, and then, and need to. Which I exercise in my daily life. Yeah. And so in my sex life, I want to just be like, let me rest now. Yeah. Yeah. Pisces in the, it's in the third house. Third house. Well, yeah. you have a lot of words. You have a lot of language. You have a lot of ideas. Too many words <laughs> around. That's true. It's really, it's really great for me to just be gagged sometimes, or to only have a safe order. To you know, and that is to be allowed to be silent. Actually, mm-hmm. is not something that I have that often. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that would that would also feel safe or comfortable to you the, to to be in a kind of receiving, listening, stopped mode. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, and again, like 
where does this come from? Because the moon is so much about our experiences in our body, in our home, in our biological family, you know, and it all feeds into what we're attracted to and the experiences we want to have as adult. And then we want to take the best of that, but we also want to move towards our sun and our rising sign. Mm. So it's interesting. So where yeah. else in the chart? Okay, so we've yeah, got... so it's definitely seventh house, definitely eighth house, because eighth house oh, is yeah. a house of sex and it's the house of mystery and it's the house of power dynamics. And so seventh and eighth house are really strong for relationship stuff. Um, you know, you could also look at the first house, like we were saying. You're, you you want to look at how somebody walks in a room. Are they really intense? Do they have Pluto in the first house? Are they really unconventional? Do they have Uranus in the first house? Do they, are they kind of like, do they love the fantasy and the escape, Neptune in the yeah. first house? Mm. You know, so yeah. I would, I in terms of relationship, like if you know, if you start getting into like who do I want to build a nest with, you know that that's yeah. those are other houses, but definitely just in terms of dating and connecting, I would say first, seventh, eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we looking at specific planets? Yeah. Because like I, I was like, what about Venus? Yeah. So Venus and Mars, I would look at Venus for what you just love what you're attracted to, what you find beautiful, you know. Which is um, not necessarily visual, I just want to say. No, for no, myself. no. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Um but can be, but can be. Yeah, well you have Venus and Taurus, which really appreciates beauty. Like cause But Venus, I can't see faces very well. Like I really can't. Well, but but that's the whole thing about Taurus at its highest level. It like it's beyond the physical. It's kind of like what's the what's the light inside? Yeah. What is my experience? That of, is you know? Yeah, that is how I experience people. Yeah. Like what and, do you feel like? But you also love you so let's take it out of the realm of people. Like you love certain textures yeah. and and like Taurus loves beauty in physical form. It does, but it doesn't have to necessarily be a human. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) And you also love, it doesn't have to, faces don't matter. You love the lines of the body. That's why you take all, you know, these beautiful nudes. Like you love all the curves and the angles and the light. That's all Taurus. And it's like beauty beyond the visual. Like it is the sensual experience for me, like both taking those nudes and being in them and like, like getting to, I guess, guide a person through their own experience in their body. Yeah, and their own worth and their own beauty. And Plus, Taurus rules the natural world. So we could say the natural world of like naked bodies are natural. I was made to not have clothes. (laughs) But also you out in nature. You love to be out naked as well. (laughs) I am currently trying to figure out where I can go. I'm going to Albuquerque with my family this weekend, and I'm trying to figure out where I can go in the wild where there can be hot air balloons from this festival in the background, but I can be naked in the world. Oh my God, that's awesome. Oh, so good. You know, I would also say that um, Mars tells you a lot about how assertive you are, right? Mm. So it's interesting, again, for you, Mars in Cancer, it's a, it's more of a um, divine feminine sign. So yeah. it's not necessarily the pursuit. Like if you want to look at Mars, you want to look, are they in masculine? And again, like this is like a divine masculine, yeah. right? So you want to look, Mars and Aries will just go after its. I have not paid attention to the Marses of my lovers. I gotta go look at their Marses. Oh, yes, you do. Well, I mean, yes, for men and women, you want to look at Mars. Um, 
Mars and Aries goes for it. Mars and Aries loves to flirt too. Aries is a very flirty sign. It, lo- and it loves flirty. and it loves conquests. Why am I flirty? Because you got three planets in oh. the first house. Because I'm like, hi, who are you? What's in there? Oh, God. <laughs> and you're also very curious. Ugh, I'm so curious. Also, yesterday I definitely hit on a client for the first time. Like, and I called it out. I was like, I'm sorry, I have too much flirt energy today. I just got excited. We just had an episode hit ten thousand, but he was like here for it. But I was like, <gasps> like I have to keep this in. I this is not appropriate. And I felt weird the rest of the day. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so good <laughs> yeah i mean you know it is interesting like mars like i have mars in uh libra which is the sign opposite aries which mm. is a little well libra is a sign of relationship so mm-hmm. it, it has its own version of flirting but it yeah. definitely is not assertive yeah like you want to look mars in capricorn really assertive mars in scorpio really quietly assertive yeah. mars yeah. in aries really assertive um Mars and Sagittarius really physical, like mm. it will leap into physical experiences. Mm. Um, you, you can you can really look to these like what kind. I mean, you can look for your lover in Mars or in Venus. So, do you want a masculine energy in your life that's really hyper intellectual? Mars and Gemini, like that mm. wants to talk it out, that yeah. loves he, he loves to talk during sex that's mars and gemini oh my gosh like the guy that i recently stopped seeing who he's lovely but he wasn't making enough time for me he literally i haven't told this story he literally would not stop making jokes and observations while i was deep throating him to the point where i just had to stop and be like hey i can't i'm gonna bite you like stop (laughs) like don't make yeah yeah it was two times he made me laugh so hard that i had to come up for air and i was just dying (laughs) very good yeah yeah well i mean there's definitely if you have an air sign like gemini libra or aquarius you're generally going to enjoy the exchange Mm -hmm. the verbal exchange and the whole play verbally a lot where you might, with water, you might have much more silence. Yeah. So okay. To cancer, bring it, Scorpio, or To Pisces. bring it back to kink for a second, because yeah. I just got curious, yeah. like I do. Okay, people who are switches that, like, can go both ways, yeah. Dom or Sub, what what would they, is that Gemini? What would that well, be? Well, it could be. I think that's a good, that's a good observation. I think it could. Gemini or Libra. Because Libra. Libra also has both the, you know, oftentimes when you see a Libra, you'll see the qualities of the masculine and the feminine really beautifully blended in the mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you'll also feel that there's that in-between place. It's not like hyper-masculine or hyper-feminine often. Mm. Um, so I would say Libra or Gemini. Um because Gemini also is just curious, yeah. wants to experience both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you think about Doms, I would think more generally sort of Aries, Scorpio, Capricorn. Yeah. I would go for my, that. My ex-master had a Libra moon, Sag sun, Virgo rising, and I think he had Venus in Scorpio. Okay. And so it was yeah. a very, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of our sessions were kind of, uh, I'm going to structured around words like we had a lot of like the term and i think that's a libra moon like it was about like Mm -hmm. saying the words that were most delicious to me and he's so good at doing that most of the time like when he wanted to and so that was just like oh i don't know i'm just thinking about that yeah yeah i i wonder also be be interesting for you to look at the predominant astrology in doms and subs yeah In, in terms of um like I would say, Pisces would be very strong. Um, yeah, uh, oh, I'm gonna have to put Taurus, a survey up. Taurus. I feel like we need to do some research. Yeah. Okay, you guys. By the time this comes out, what should my link be? You should visit sexstoriespodcast.com/chart 
and oh. let me know your birth info <laughs> and if you identify as kinky or not so we can collect some data. Seriously, we do need to do that because that's, <laughs> that's where so we're lacking in the astrological world is enough <laughs> statistical. Seriously, it's like, you know, astrologers should be like, they'll, they'll have their own passion projects yeah. where they'll look, oh, look, I'll study athletes or something. Yeah. Where's Mars? This could be my very passionate project. You could have a passionate <laughs> project. Yes, yes. Um, I, also, I would say, Lot a, a heavy twelfth house, I think. For, oh. Yeah, because I, I, there's so much fantasy there. There's for so submissives much, or for in maybe general? both, oh, but maybe I would both. say submissives. But that would be my first, like mm-hmm. you know, list there. But but I would say just in general, the whole realm of that um, kink and that that whole yeah, I would mm. just say the twelfth house because it has so much to do with what goes on in the subconscious, unconscious, behind the scenes, what's hidden, what's not, what's not in broad daylight. Um, yeah. So there's a lot with the 12th house hmm. and it's the Pisces house. So again, yeah. the whole. Delicious. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, like if you go through, you know, you, if you have a strong Saturn in your chart, let's say it could be that uh, Adam has a strong Saturn because Saturn has such a, a, older masculine archetype mm-hmm. that's also very much just like rules and regulations and structure and so you could have somebody that really strong saturn i'm so i'm just so insanely curious right now if like people who are in 24 7 ds relationships are you know have like i'm just so curious to see how that shows up yeah. in their charts yeah wild yeah you can yeah start, here we go start it's, it's the beginning of the <laughs> Okay, do you want to go through the signs slash houses and just like together brainstorm sure. what what sure. sexy things might happen? Yeah. Um this is a bad idea. This no, it's a good not idea. a bad idea. No, no, no. We're sort of like dancing all over so we could be we could be more organized about it. So. I know. I think we're doing a great dance. I think it's a great dance. Yeah, I mean, I mean we could do a sort of fire round. I mean, Aries definitely is like just dives Burr. in. Yeah. It just dives okay. in. It's impulsive. It probably gets into trouble for being impulsive. You gotta it, make sure you have a conversation about protection. Yeah. If you have strong Aries energy. <laughs> right. Because it just wants to skip steps for sure. Yeah. And there's an impatience too. And so with Aries, sometimes you have to learn to like enjoy the delicious unfolding and not just be like get right to it yeah maybe not go straight for the orgasms okay yeah and Aries is really conquesty and very much like I okay now I got that person now I want this person now Mm -hmm. I got I mean it's Mm -hmm. like it loves it loves the chase and once the chase is complete it's sort of like okay good now Mm -hmm. you know oh what's over there I mean obviously again I'm making broad sweeping generalizations this is without the nuance (laughs) this is without a lot of nuance but and if you want the nuance wait do you want to offer some sort of sexy snapshot for people yeah, I mean, sure. If they, w- yes, absolutely. All right, I'm yeah. gonna add that to Heidi's website. I'll include info about how to find that. I did one for one of your um, Patreon oh, yeah. people. How was um, that? Good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, from my end, yeah, it was good. Great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because you can look at different areas for sure. Yeah, I just look at what's most obvious. Yeah. Um, but Taurus, yeah, Taurus, I would say is very um, that it's very sensual. It just yeah. wants all the senses stimulated. I just want to be touched. Yeah, everything except for with velvet, velvet corduroy. That's red for me. I don't. I try not to. I can touch it for work purposes if I really steal my mind. But I that would be totally red, red, red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something Taurus is very like like come to me. Mm-hmm. It's very like receptive. It's very. I, a, I do feel like I am that. You know. Yeah. It doesn't, um, Aries goes after Virgo invites, Yeah, you know, yeah. um, 
classically, like Aries is the warrior, Taurus is more the lover. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I'm definitely a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. And I would also say I am a lover of lovers. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. what I've been thinking about lately. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and again, if you if you look at just the first two signs of the zodiac, Aries is ruled by Mars and Taurus is ruled by Venus. So those are the two yeah. planets that are most connected oh, yeah. to love. And as I'm brainstorming about other kinks, I don't know if you know about this kink, but there's one called feeding where people literally oh, yeah. feed cancer, each other or cancer. eat food. Oh, is that it's all, cancer? We oh, all be cancerian. Because okay, I'm like, what to- okay. Okay, so let's go in order though. Wait, we, skip, we can't skip Gemini. Okay, we'll get to that. I was trying to put that in the Taurus box, but Gemini you're right. Gemini would that be the right. talking. Gemini would be like, like, just talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Say Probably all the things dirty I love to, to love to hear. Gemini also rules the hands. Gemini, Gemini could also get bored easily. You yeah. get bored easily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not in, not in a way where I discard people, just where I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Come on, let's do, let's do the thing. Why are we laying here? Yeah, I do. I get very after. Uh, yeah, if I don't understand the purpose of what we're doing, I'm just like, what are we doing? Well, I'm bored. Let's yeah. do the next thing. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Gemini's. It's like sometimes you spin out too much, and it's like you're stuck in your head, and yeah. you got to find the ways to like quiet that down so that you can actually be more in your body, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. But I would say for Gemini, a turn-on would be absolutely the way that someone speaks to them, mm-hmm. and whether it feels real yeah. or whether it feels, or, you know, you'll be a, if somebody's saying something and it just is falling flat, it's like the worst turn-off, right? It really is. Yeah. It's terrible, and finding yeah. that communication, yeah, huge. What about Gemini connection? Like, I always think connection, building bridges, goodwill. Like, how, what is that sexually? What's the sex version of it? Well, that? it's many partners. Gemini would be, mm. Jenny, Gemini would be very oh, much into many partners. Yeah, okay. that's another part. Because Wyo's oh, got the moon in Pisces in the third house of Gemini. Yeah. So Geminis, again, are sort of like Aries in that they're not the most monogamous or, yeah. you know, they're they're interested. Like, what about you? What? Oh, my God, what are you going to bring to me? Or yeah. what's going to happen here? Well, and I also have Jupiter, the planet of the big yes in Gemini. In the house to, of kink. In the house Virgo. of kink. <laughs> right next to Mercury, which is the communicator, also in Gemini. So I'm like, yeah, let's also talk about it. Yes, exactly. Which is what we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so cancer is the feeding kink. Yeah, I would, I would connect that. I mean, you, you brought it up. But yeah, yes, yeah it's a definitely like... It, and it's also very emotional. Cancer is yeah. deeply emotional. Um, you know, cancer is connected to mama and mommy and daddy, too. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. a whole, like, you know, paternal, maternal thing mm-hmm. going on. And that caretaking, um, which I would say yes. the, the more that I learn about, like, DDLG, daddy, little girl relationships, yeah. is there is a huge, it's not, it's not an incest thing. It's a huge caretaking streak. And so I'd be so curious to see the amount of Cancerian energy that flows through those. Probably Cancer or Capricorn for yeah. sure. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably both. Yeah. I bet they're both showing up in those charts. Or even, I mean, this is one of my own pet, like, I just don't like it at all, where part, married partners will call their partner mommy mo- mo- mother or father or mommy or daddy if mm-hmm. they have kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just can't i just oh. <laughs> but that's very cancer capricorn too 
Uh, both my parents do that. I like can't we do st- it. when we're in. Uh, my mom is a Cancer Sun, and my dad is Capricorn Rising. Okay, he's well, a Sag Sun, Cap Rising, and there's so much Capricorn energy, you know. And it's they do it in the most normal way, like not like cutesy way. It's just yeah. like, well, have you talked to Daddy yet? And I'm just like, like, and there's uh, when I'm talking to other people, I'm just like, oh. Well, actually, that in a weird way does not that does not bother me. Oh, have you talked to Daddy yet? This is what bothers me. Um, when they actually call the partner mother. Oh. Like Mama, directly. Like it's a direct address. Got it. Where yes. their own name has been has removed. Been replaced. With mother or father. Oh, yeah. No, my parents that go, makes me insane. honey. Yeah. I should have been clarified. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> well, this is what I do, though. I, I clarify. Yes, I'm a do. clarifier. That's, the, that's also that's, your that's your Gemini in the Virgo house. That's <laughs> Let's be very exact about this communication <laughs> and really, really fast. Yes. I'm trying yes. to slow down. You have to wait for people to catch up. I'm trying to slow down. <laughs> I'm trying to listen. I'm trying not to interrupt as much. <laughs> that's an Aries thing. Aries loves to interrupt. I'm such an interrupter, but it's because I get confused. You interrupt with Capricorn, which is clarity. Yeah, That's I'm like, wait, do. I don't understand. <laughs> and I have to pause you before you go forth because if I if I keep listening, I'll get too confused and then I won't know what's happening. Yeah. And that's what's happening. <laughs> so, okay, anything um, else with cancer? Um... No, that's, I mean, you know, yeah. mama, daddy, okay. feeding, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> breasts, cancer rolls, breasts. Oh, breasts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. That's, you always have to look at that, do the body part, for you sure. You always have to look at the breasts. Yeah, you, you have to be right. <laughs> like, Aries is the head, so for sure, oh, yeah. like, people with Aries love to have their, like, head massage or mm-hmm. whatever. And, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, Cut off all my hair it. so I can get head rubs. Exactly. Yeah. And Taurus would be much more about... Um, you know, Taurus was the throat, so that's not as obvious. I love deep throating. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Wouldn't have come up with that, but there we go. That's why I'm here to help. It's the duality. Um, yeah, and Gemini rules hands, and and so the touch is really important with Gemini, and Cancer rules the breasts and the stomach. Yeah. So, and then Leo rules the heart. Leo mm. is really rules the heart and the spine. Um, so sometimes it's not as immediately obvious in terms of the sexuality, but so. Leo, Leo loves to be proud of say. its lovers. It loves to show off its lovers. It, it does not want to feel at all embarrassed or like it really wants to be like, look who I'm with. Look at my king. <laughs> look at my queen. I'm laughing because I'm thinking of my friends with strong Leo in their charts and I'm like, yes, yeah, them. Yeah, they really, you know, it's really, there's something about that. That pride and that regality and that, and of course there are Leos that feel more shy or that are not like I don't feel like a queen. Well, guess what? There's other stuff in your chart that yeah. is that is modifying that for sure. But um, what yeah. about praise? Like, do they like? To oh, be they love praised? to be adored. They like love adored? to be praised. Yeah. They love to be seen for their, you know, for their beauty and their yeah. capability. And totally. so, yeah, praise would go a long way. Um, Love to love to dress up even. Um, yeah, yeah. That whole role, like, role play would be a very Leo. Oh yeah, very Leo. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about the generosity? Like, do you think ve- there's yeah. potential? Potential, potential at the highest. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's either going to be <laughs> totally self-absorbed, yeah. totally about like its own pleasure, Me. or yeah. I mean, at the highest levels, Leo's very generous and very warm and, and very warm. good hair. Very good probably, hair. Probably really good JBF hair, which has just been fucked hair for those of you that are <laughs> that are not me in middle school. I'm being shocked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
it's it's the main. Yeah. It's the main. Yeah. Yeah. And then Virgo. Virgo we sort of talk That's about is like structure. Yeah, Virgo Virgo is very particular about it what it wants to take in mm-hmm. and you know, it rules the intestines, like what it wants to ingest. Mm-hmm. It's very particular about how it wants to be touched, in what ways. It's particular sometimes it's really clean freaky. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hygienic. Yep. Yeah. Um doctors and nurse play. I don't know. <laughs> the thing that I think is so interesting too is I'm talking to a couple new doms as they want to pay attention to what I'm eating and when, which I'm into. Like I eat pretty great, but they're like literally just getting text messages like, have you had enough water today? <laughs> so I'm always like, where's the Virgo? That's it. There's you know, something it's, it's like related it. to the kink. Somehow. I think we've got to really keep following yeah. that because yeah. it's for sure. And it's, um, yeah, it's tiny adjustments, tiny, like looking into looking at the person or looking at the environment mm. and being like, let's adjust that. Yeah. Let's fix that. And you're going to feel better if we do this. I bet people who do shibari, like the beautiful rope ties. Yeah. I bet they have some strong. Cause guess what? Pisces Virgo yeah. again. Yeah. Pisces. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Libra. We also talked about a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I would say Libra likes the romance. Yeah. Libra's oh, more yeah, of you're the, right. the true romantic. Libra so, will- oh my God, that just clarified for me because my master was always like, I want to marry you. And I'm yep. like, what? No. He rules marriage. Ugh. Yeah. And that's yeah. his comfort zone. You said moon yeah. and Libra, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and it, and it sort of is, gets very devoted to the one, they love to be in love, the yeah. love of being in love. Oh, and then yeah. they love sometimes being in love more than they love the actual, the actual person. person. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm painting this we're, black yeah, and white and we're painting it. Um, and there are all levels of consciousness in every sign. And you can have like, you know, you can have a terribly abusive sign. You can have the most generous yeah. exploration of the sign. Mm. But anyway, Libra is very much the romantic, um, I would say. And yeah. also very right in that middle ground of the masculine and the feminine. Again, it often isn't uh, hyper one way or, the, yeah. or, or another. Yeah. Um, and then Scorpio. Scorpio. We don't even need so to talk about Scorpio. Sex, Sex death, money, money power, yep. and all of that. And are you going to use them in healthy, good ways? Or are you going to, you know, there can be a lot of violence and abuse there with Scorpio, or there can be just like the best, most fierce way to use yeah. power. And uh, it's really ultimately a sign of light because yeah. you wrestle your way into the light. But yeah, it's very, very interested in sex. It's very interested in death. It's interested in these heightened moments, mm-hmm. the little death, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh. it's... Um, She's talking about orgasms in French, just so you know. <laughs> Petite mort. <laughs> the little death. Yeah. So it's... And you know, Scorpio loves the the mystery of attraction and it loves to yeah. create the tension between you know, and hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it. Like it loves. That's so interesting because that's actually what I'm trying to bring a big flashlight to and be like, look guys, we don't have to worry about like if we're trying to have sex or not. Like I'm actually trying to shift the tension so that it's about the, not the if, not the are you trying to fuck me of the attraction. And it's like the attraction has been explicitly stated. Now it's about the when and the what and the where. And the, yeah. You know, so I'm like, hey, Scorpius, get on board. <laughs> but, but I know there is that because people are like, oh, that's not as romantic. And I'm like, well, you haven't been taught that it's romantic. Yeah. And like I, we're in a new time. like. And I mean, I suppose there's middle ground in the sense that not everyone wants I mean, you, yes, I'm, it, I, we need consent, absolutely. Yes. We need clarity, absolutely. But they're also the timing of that yeah. is negotiable. That 100%. And, and I, I want to make that, like, really clear because it's, like, my only goal is 
get rid of the rapey stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Please. Yes. And that, you know, and so that's, and I think if we can make, if we make, oh, if I, my, my version of over explicitness, probably by most people's standards, if I'm like out there being like, here's a, here's an example, then people can find their own ways in is what yeah. I'm hoping. So yeah. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. You have to, you're sort of holding a very extreme point in yeah. a good way to yeah. clarify. And just to be like, this is the norm and you don't have to do all of these things, but do the basic thing of explicit enthusiasm. Yeah. Explicit enthusiastic consent. And then you pick. Yeah. So Sagittarius is going to throw me around. It's going to use their legs. Yeah. I mean, it it rules the legs. It's very physical. You know, contortionist. (laughs) I know it's very physical. Um, It also is like loves the, it loves the long run. It's not so much sprint. Yeah. It loves the long run. So funny. Yes. (laughs) And it, I would say... It has its own version of loving communication. And, it, you know, Sagittarius is very desire-oriented. Mm. Early, mm-hmm. In early stages, it, like, wants to explore and try everything and taste everything. And nothing is out of bounds. And, like, bring it on. Let me keep growing my, my awareness of the world, mm, right? Yeah. So it does, it, you know, it definitely will. And then it'll reach the goal or reach the, the desire and they'll be like, okay, maybe not. And then it'll, yeah. go, it'll go off on another one. It's like, oh, this is going to be delicious and I'm going to taste this and I'm going to try this. And then, yeah. you know, but it keeps, you know. Well, it's like the adventure is delicious. It's yeah. not necessarily yeah. settling on yeah. one thing. Yeah. Or maybe it does, but. And that's why they're sort explore. of like the bachelors and bachelorettes. They're the ones that often are unattached. Yeah. Because they just need their freedom so much to explore, they don't want to. Oh, no. I want to be single forever. I'm a Sag rising, you guys. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I've been telling I've been telling most of my new dates that I'm pretty sure that I'm going to end up alone. <laughs> hey, look well, at me. So funny. But alone for you is like, I'm going to end up not married or I'm going to end up not in a long-term relationship because you're, there's a big chasm between alone and... <laughs> you're fine, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're ever going to end up alone. <laughs> you might end up in a very unconventional situation. Okay, fair point. You fair probably point. will have... Fair point. We'll see. Have <laughs> what? Well, it's far more <laughs> adventures and lovers and... We'll see. The the to most. be determined. Okay. And then Capricorn, we've talked about. Yeah. Structure. But, yeah, control. control. It's a lot about control. Yeah. And it's a lot about not... Uh, it's actually really hard to get through to the, the soft underbelly of the Capricorn. But once yeah. you do, it's absolutely there. Yeah. But for sure, there's not a lot given away. Yeah. And you have to trust sometimes with the Capricorn there, that there's a lot more softness than meets the eye. Totally. And, and that, yeah. Yeah. And I just have a partner who's a Capricorn right now, and he's very, like, he's got the structure. He's got, and I'm like, this, this, this. He's like, okay, but in my own way. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And they're going to, it's often very, they have their own rules. They're going to follow their own rules. Yeah. You're going to adjust to that. Yeah. And sometimes that can be really soothing and you can feel really taken care of yeah. and you can feel like, oh, good, I get to relax, relax. into this. I, you know, And sometimes it can feel punitive and harsh yeah. and uh, detached. Yeah. So. And then. We haven't really talked about Aquarius. Aquarius is kind of like Uranus. Uranus rules Aquarius at a certain level. And yeah, Aquarians love the unconventional. I mean, there's this, there's this breed of Aquarians that are a little less uh, enthusiastic of, about the sort of out-of-the-box stuff. Yeah. But, um, but for, for the most part, freedom is the, the number one requirement. Um, 
It also has an impersonality to it. Mm-hmm. It has like, I love you, but I also have an, a detachment around that. Yeah. You know? Or, you know, I, I love impersonally and I can really love, but there is a universal impersonal quality. Like I don't need to possess you. Yeah. Often Aquarians are not about, the Scorpio loves to possess in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Pisces. Um, well, I, I would also say of Aquarius, it's often it's so group related. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there could be a lot about communities or groups or you know unconventional family situations that could be Aquarian. But it does have, like you're saying, the lone wolf side as well. So yes. I'm just curious about what that would. This is my brain making these funny faces trying to figure out what the lone wolf version of sex is, which is maybe just not. I don't know. You're at home with your computer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's no, but truly, it's technology. Yeah, yeah, you're really. It's like mm. a lot about technology. You feel like nobody gets you. You feel isolated, yeah. and so you use all the cutting edge technology to. Yeah. You know. <sighs> Um, so that can be, yeah, you can feel quite isolated with some versions of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And so you have to just keep on saying to yourself, no, my people are out there and I can find them. And, and now I'm, I'm finding them through this podcast. Yeah. And I might even find them through technology, <laughs> yeah. you know, and actually find an intimacy through technology that is real yeah. as opposed to. Yeah. And I will say our listeners are lovely people. So you guys join the Love Warrior group on Facebook. It's open to whoever wants to join. I just have to okay you. So if I didn't pay attention, poke me. <laughs> She's got a lot to pay attention to these days. <laughs> I just need some pokes, <laughs> friendly pokes. Yeah, and then Pisces we talked about. For yeah. sure it loves the imagination and it loves the feeling of surrender. Mm-hmm. And it loves the ocean and water. And It's and so it. funny you say that because I was just about to say I love hot tubs so much and I've never had sex in a hot tub. But it mm-hmm. also seems logistically really not ideal. Like that I hear like- those stories, <laughs> but it's like I don't – I'm just like – I've sat on laps, I've had hot makeouts, but it's like, ugh, I don't That's know. so funny, because in a way, it seems like such the, a, a, a classic thing to do is have sex in a hot tub, and you're like, no, I haven't done that. I haven't. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the list of everything else, but, you know. Well, I will say, when I was freshly single after my first boyfriend, so I was 24 and then 25, and I remember I was, like, going on dates for the first time, and this really was the last round of dating I did. Like, there was a period yeah. between, like, January and maybe April or May of that year where I was like going on dates and I would have them come meet me downtown somewhere nearby for a drink when I back when I could drink maybe a dinner maybe a little snack a dessert if it went well and then I would be like not ready for the evening to be over but like not ready to invite them to my bedroom I'd be like hey I have this rooftop hot tub do you want to go with me and I do remember being on the phone with my best friend and being like it is the weirdest thing every time I bring someone to the hot tub they kiss me and she was like uh even my mom knows what a hot tub means and she was like you're naked and it's literally steamy and it was this moment of just like Oh, <laughs> it made so much sense once it was explained to me, but that is a perfect example of some of my weird blind spots because I just love hot tubs so much. I love it. There was a period of time when Wyo first started coming to the retreats and there were a group of women that would sort of translate everything for her. <laughs> like, okay, Wyo, what this means, this is how we, <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh. I would like whisper to Lynn and Meredith. I'd be like, what's happening right now? Why is she making that gesture? I don't understand what they're laughing about. <laughs> got my got my funny little spots. So good. Oh my gosh. Should we read each other sexy poems back and forth? Sure. Let's, Let's see. Do it. Um, oh, this is a this is a funny one. Let's see. 
Um, do you want to read? Uh, read this one. Tell me what to do, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> this one is just so much fun. It's by Tony Hoagland, and he died last year. He's a wonderful poet. Um, but this one is just, like, pleasurable and funny and fun. Love. It's called Grammar by Tony Hoagland. Maxine, back from a weekend with her boyfriend, smiles like a big cat and says that she's a conjugated verb. She's been doing the direct object with a second-person pronoun named Phil, and when she walks into the room, everybody turns. Some kind of light is coming from her head. Even the geraniums look curious, and the bees, if they were here, would buzz suspiciously around her hair looking for the door in her corona. We're all attracted to the perfume of fermenting joy. We've all tried to start a fire, and one day maybe it will blaze up on its own. In the meantime, she is the one today among us most able to bear the idea of her own beauty. And when we see it, what we do is natural. We take our burned hands out of our pockets and clap. I love that. I love it because it's like, you know, you we all know that feeling when somebody walks in the room, they're clearly being loved well. (laughs) And they're just like, just like radiant. And they're also own, they just also feel their own beauty. And, you know, these, these moments are sweet and short lived. And then somebody else walks in the room with this, you know, so it's like, but just the preciousness of it. And I love this idea of just like, let's applaud that because it's pure gorgeousness. That makes me want to be a Maxine. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Some days I am. (laughs) Um, This is a little more I don't know what it is, but let's read it. Um, This is by Kim Vizda, V-I-S-D-A, and it's called For Lack of a Better Poem. The seventh page of my journal is missing, savagely ripped out after a successful attempt at describing your body with overused metaphors, broken rib cages, falling asleep inside the dip of your collarbones, slivers of light cutting through the cracks between your individual vertebrae. It's all been said before, and to use them again would be an insult because your eyes are not pools of ocean, your lips are not flower beds, and you are not a temple. I could not capture you even if the words were written in my own blood because this skin can only hold so much, because I can no longer look at you without burning. You are too painful for poetry and too big for language. You are far too many things I don't know how to write about. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Aren't they good? So good. I actually realized that I never explicitly went through all my poems looking for sexy poems. And I was like, I got some good sexy poems. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. (sighs) We have to read that one. You want to read it? I ha- it's called Fuck. <laughs> it's another it. Kim on the, uh, yeah. Adonizio. All right. I think this is a good yeah, one. This is, a, this is fun because <laughs> it's actually very direct and that's what's great about it. Well, I will love it. Yes, you will. Fuck by Kim Adonizio. There are people who will tell you that using the word fuck in a poem indicates a serious lapse of taste or imagination or both. It's vulgar, indecorous. An obscenity that crashes down like an anvil falling through a skylight to land on a restaurant table, on the white linen, the cut glass vase of lilacs. But if you were sitting over coffee when the metal hit your saucer like a missile, wouldn't that be the first thing you'd say? 
Wouldn't you leap back shouting, or at least thinking it, over and over, bell note riotously clanging in the church of your brain while the solicitous waiter led you away? Wouldn't you prop your shaking elbows on the bar and order your first drink in months telling yourself you were lucky to be alive? And wouldn't you say anything but mercy, or oh my, or land sakes, well then I don't want to know you anyway, and I don't give a fuck what you think of my poem. The world is divided into those whose opinions matter and those who will never have a clue, and if you knew which one you were, I could talk to you, and tell you that sometimes there's only one word that means what you need it to mean, the way there's only one person when you first fall in love, or one infant's cry that calls forth the burning milk. One name that you pray to when prayer is what's left to you. I'm saying in the beginning was the word and it was good. It meant one human entering another, and it's still what I love. The word made flesh. Fuck me, I say, to the one whose lovely body I want close. And as we fuck, I know it's holy. A psalm, a hymn, a hammer ringing down on an anvil, forging a whole new world. I mean, I feel like she's a good influence on me. <laughs> you, you, we need to get you some of her. I really like feel like she's a good influence yeah. on me. I don't. I feel like there is this quality that is just a little less polite that I could lean into. That said, uh, thank you to all of you who were respecting my request not to send me fantasies about myself. I appreciate that. I know I just read some very sexy poems to you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are amazing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Heidi, thank you so much for being here. It was so fun. It's been a long time coming. Yes, you know? truly. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny. It's been such an amazing journey. Wyo has like, been an incredible force of goodness and manifestation in my life. And mm-hmm. so it's so amazing to see you growing this amazing, thriving community. I would say it's very... Mutually fantastic. Yay! Yay. <laughs>